Hello everyone, welcome to NFL Unwrap, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NFL. I'm Corbin Weinerman, joined by, as always, Perry Aston and Christian McGowan. Guys, say hello. What's going on, guys? Hey, how y'all doing? And before we get into this podcast, just want to remind you guys that you can listen to us either on SoundCloud or via the Apple Podcast app. And if you're on the Apple Podcast app, please go ahead and give us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. It really helps us out. Also remember that you can follow us on Twitter, at NFL Unwrapped. And while you are following us on Twitter, go ahead and turn on our notifications so that whenever any breaking news does come out, I know that right now it's kind of a slow time for the NFL, but anytime there is any breaking news, we are, on a regular occasion, we beat out the likes of Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. So go ahead and have our notifications on, and that'll be all the NFL Twitter you'll need. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at CorbinMRPK. You can follow Perry on Twitter, at Perry Aston. And Christian on Twitter, at McGowan75. So with that, let's get right into it. With the first topic, we want to just bring up some sad news to report. You guys probably know that Dwight Clark, who was famous for being on the receiving end of the catch from Joe Montana back in the 80s, he died from ALS, died at the age of 61. So guys, just really quickly, any thoughts on that? I mean, just an amazing player well known for that one play like you just said i know his wife was the one that tweeted it off his twitter page letting everybody know the awful news of his passing so just condolences to his family and to 49ers fans anybody that has been touched by him in his life so it's just a tough way to start the podcast but gotta get it out dwight clark was an amazing football player and as i've heard amazing person too so 61's too young man that's that's really sad yeah, but he's an amazing player, and ESPN needs to keep running those, running the clip of that catch. Forever. Yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's move on to our next topic, which doesn't bring us to too much of a lighter note, but we got to report it anyways. Kellen Winslow Jr., uh, former tight end, played for the Browns, the Jets, Buccaneers. Um, he was arrested on nine criminal charges, including rape and kidnapping. He. Adam Schefter just reported within the last hour that he'll be represented by Harvey Steinberg, who helped get not guilty verdicts or dismissal of criminal charges for players like Bill Romanowski, Parrish Cox, Brandon Marshall, and Ronaldo McLean. So he's being represented by someone that's taken on a lot of negative NFL criminal charges and cases, but obviously not. Yeah. You know, nine criminal charges and some heavy ones, too. So Yeah, the difference is, I know for uh, Brandon Marshall and I believe Rolando McLean, Bill Romanowski and Parrish Cox, probably something similar. It seems like he's represented guys who have had domestic violence disputes and he's been able to get them out of that. This is a completely different animal with rape and kidnapping so it's it's tough it's even tough to talk about let alone have to read and report i know i was tweeting yesterday and i had to check three four times to make sure i was getting this right and because those are some hard words to throw out and i was not going to tweet this until i saw it from numerous not just tmz sports who obviously was the first on it and i had to give credit to them i had to see it be reported from some serious sources that really care about their their credibility and all that because when you're putting out these charges on social media and tying it with a man's name that's it's heavy so tough charges and he's got harvey steinberg representing him we move on to now to some football uh the cowboys d lineman david irving or lack of football in his case (laughs) suspended for four games for substance abuse policy 
this is now the second year in a row that he started the year on a four-game suspension. Last year, performance-enhancing drugs was the issue. I'm not 100% sure which exact drug it was this year. There's a year, lot now. But uh, definitely, that's the, regardless, the second year that he's missed the first four games of the season. Cowboys are a team known to take chances on players that don't have their head on too straight but have a lot of talent, have some criminal backgrounds, uh, possible drug issues, team drama, you know how it's been for the Cowboys in the past decade. You got Randy Gregory and, you know, he's still going through Isn't he, like, suspended for another year? I think he just... He's trying to He just took uh, a very important step. He visited in New York with uh, a meeting that is needed to take in this process. So, that went well, I heard, um, from a Cowboys reporter that I follow on Twitter. So, Whatever he's doing, he's at least taking the steps forward. I, I'm not going to tell you he's me seeing the field anytime soon. I'm not sure. but Hopefully as a Josh Gordon 2.0. But apparently the Cowboys, and this is something we'll bring up really quick, Christian, we someone we went to high school with was on this list as well. And Adam Schefter put out, for the 32 teams, I'm going to bring up the Cowboys' most, most uh, surprise standout for the offseason. It was Jihad Ward, who they got in that trade from Ryan Switzer. Mm-hmm mid-draft and he was I believe a second round draft pick two three years ago and just had a such a disappointing two years with the Raiders and then I believe he got injured as well so now he's getting a second chance and apparently due to David Irving being out and some other injuries on the D-line right now he's actually been the Cowboys surprise and stepped up and taken advantage of this opportunity with David Irving and Lawrence and everyone uh, missing a little bit of time so he's taking advantage of that and Working off that, Adam Schefter said for the Jets, their standout was wide receiver Chad Hansen, who the three of us all went to high school with. He was our, he was in our grade. We all played sports with him at some football, point. Basketball. Football, basketball. He's not just the fact that he's an amazing athlete, awesome guy. He's an amazing the, person. One of the nicest people we've ever you know had the blessing to be a part of in their lives. So. When I played high school ball with him, he actually uh, had a really rough time, and he came to me in private and had a really – profound effect on me as a player so That's, i'll always respect chad yeah and seeing his he didn't really get too many offers out of high school and he wasn't really he sought out every school is kicking themselves he, wasn't yeah. sought out he did out. not get one d1 well he had one d1 he went believe, to idaho state, idaho state. Oh, that wasn't d1 yeah and then he transferred from there to cal it was a walk-on yeah. Yeah. it was a walk-on and then he yeah. his school is actually spiteful they like try to take his film away so he couldn't make like a highlight tape that's crazy so yeah just wanted to bring that up i'd slid that in with jihad ward getting the credit he deserves with taking uh, advantage of the time with David Irving and, of course, our buddy but Chad Hansen. That's still not a good sign for the Cowboys. Not here. not a good sign at all, and I am a Cowboys fan personally, and it, it really sucks because this seems so – you're not even – you're upset, but you're not surprised anymore. Mm-hmm. It just happens so often, especially with David Irving. You're just – he's coming off a good year, and you're just upset that he had to miss the first four games last year. You're going through it again this year. It's yeah. just expected, so it's, had, it's sad. He had seven sacks, and – what twelve he games? Played extremely, he played extremely. He was a D well. tackle or the DN. Uh, he could honestly play both. Because yeah, for a D tackle, that's not a bad sack. He was playing D tackle and really good, yeah. 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 So, but let's move on from that. Cowboys obviously having issues <clears throat> keeping their players in check sometimes. But brighter days with Ezekiel Elliott not being the one on the suspended and this this time. Not right now. We're gonna knock on wood for that one. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to the Eagles, another team in the same division, and they won the Super Bowl last year, guys. They <clears throat> traditionally you go to the White House to celebrate your 
Super Bowl, your NBA championship, your NHL championship really is just to celebrate greatness at the highest levels, kind of how it's been for I don't even know how many years, forever. So this is the first year that the Eagles, they still had players going and still had personnel going and a group of fans, and they got cleared by the Secret Service. I believe it was a Friday, and this happened over the weekend. So they were cleared, the list was already set, and it wasn't full as it obviously has been in past years. A lot of players not willing to go publicly and just causing a lot of drama. And so at this point, Donald Trump, the president, saw the list and it didn't turn out the way that the White House was expecting. They felt disrespected by it, but didn't want to let down the fans. So they uninvited the team, but still wanted to have a large group of Eagles fans there celebrating the Super Bowl. So a funny thing I want to bring up really quick is a reporter I listened to follow on Twitter he said he interviewed six different quote-unquote Philadelphia Eagle fans there, and none of them could have said who the starting quarterback was on the Super Bowl. And Nick Foles, of course, stepping in, being that hero for them. Even naming Carson Wentz might not have been the, the worst shot. Bro. I don't think any of them even knew any quarterback on that team. So clearly they weren't Eagles fans. There were people paid to be there. But that's all, <clears throat> completely all a conspiracy, so... But regardless, the Eagles got publicly uninvited to the White House and the NBA, to the two teams in the NBA championship, the Warriors and um, the Cavaliers both publicly said that didn't matter who was winning this championship, they're not going. So clearly it's now an issue, of course, the anthem debate that we had, I believe it was last podcast, if not the time before that. Um, so yeah, it just a lot of issues right now with politics and sports where I, I hate the mix of politics and sports. I don't want politics and sports. It really sucks, but it's, I guess, unavoidable. And this is just, we're just reporting here. The Eagles were uninvited and I know no NBA team. I know is going. the Capitals, they won the NHL Stanley Cup yeah. and they said that they will be going to the White House. Well, they're, they're in DC. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's it's not probably the one, trip, the one place in the NHL that if they won the championship, it was a given. Any other team, it's up for debate right now. They follow suit. And by the way, that's probably the only time I'll ever mention hockey. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know too much. the Stanley Cup, you weren't yeah. a fake fan back then too? Like I, I mean, was. I'll, I mean I'll, I'll, <laughs> watch them. I'll watch them when they play, but I'm not going to act like I know what's... <laughs> I know the very bare minimum to be able to enjoy well, I'll talk watching hockey. one second of hockey and say congrats to... Uh, Ovechkin, who's been in the league yeah, for way final, too long, way too many all-star appearances, way too many all-pro appearances. He's had such a career, and he's partied harder than any champion that's ever won anything in the history of anything. He's been <laughs> in literally in bathing suits, swimming in a pond that was one foot, just like swimming outside. I, I, I believe it, it was. I believe it was outside the National Stadium, and he was doing cake stands out of the cup. There was beer in there, and they were just holding up his legs. He got up in this video from doing a keg stand, looked at the camera, didn't didn't even know know his name, didn't know his social security number, didn't know who his family was. This dude was so sloshed, you saw it in his eyes, but you were so proud of him because congrats to to a champion. Let's move back to football. But uh, so working on the Eagles in the White House, of course, you know, they won the Super Bowl. You know, they got presented with their rings, guys. Let's talk about the bling. 219 diamonds, 17 green sapphires, and no detail was overlooked, definitely. There's a waterfall of 127 diamonds on the bezel, paying tribute to the, quote, Philly special, the play that 
um, was ran by Corey Clement, Trey Burton, and Nick Foles. And it represents the that 127 diamonds represents the sum of the jersey numbers of the three players that handled that. That's pretty cool. You know, handled huh. the ball. Corey Clement with number 30, Trey Burton number 88, Nick Foles number nine. There's also an underdog mass inscribed on the inside of the ring, just like Lane Johnson was wearing in post-game conferences. They're all going for that underdog feel. They, I know each team has their own say on the ring each year. Yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly the protocol for how it goes. I'm sure they have to use some sort of, I think, default. They have to use probably some sort of default that they got to work around and probably I, yeah. add their flair to it. I think, I think the NFL, it. I think like NFL and NBA, whoever wins the championship gets a certain amount of money allotted from the NFL and NBA to make each ring and then if they want to go over that amount, which I believe teams usually do, then the owners pay for it. But of course, they're happy I mean, to do it. At that point, you yeah. only drop whatever money. Your teams in the playoffs yeah. are making. No, your team just won a championship. Championship. Oh, you got true, a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I think this underdog mass inscribed on the inside of the ring. It's really cool. It adds the flair. And that Philly special with the sum of the jersey numbers. That's really unique. Smart. And the green yeah. sapphire, of course, can't really use that for many teams with the then, Eagles with their colors. I think it's really pretty. And then it's funny they put the Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles on the side of the ring, but he I think that was his probably ring. that's probably his ring. Oh, his was ring, it just yeah. his? Yeah, oh, okay. he, yeah. They're definitely not cheap. Where they'll give everyone a Nick Foles ring. Remember him? Everyone. <laughs> this was Nick Foles' championship, guys. Not yours. No, I'm sure each <laughs> player has their last name with their their number inscribed on the side of it. But just beautiful rings, and I'm really curious to see. The who makes these rings for each of these championships? I actually don't. I know think that it was, answer. isn't the company that did our high school rings. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. do some I research. Forgot, I forgot what the name of it was, but yeah, it is. The, I want to do some research and make sure because I obviously don't know, but I'm really curious because that's probably a really heavy business. They're probably dealing with every single major sport, make, taking some serious money building these championship rings. Uh, we'll move on to um, the Jimmy V Awards at the ESPYS. Oh yeah, it's Jawsons. That's the company that makes the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, cool. Jostens. Well, yeah. Okay, cool. But how long are they making it for? Does it say? Reportedly uh, cost thirty six thousand five hundred dollars each. Those for the Patriots. Reportedly would it cost? Wow. Then, so I'm but sure. So there's two hundred eighty seven dollars. So there's a there's a number no, you can really I guess base it out of thirty six thousand dollars for each ring. Base that number, give or take, for different. Of course. Well, you got the players. You got the. You got the coaching staff. You got, I think, trainers. Yeah, trainers. Pretty much everyone who's a member of the staff. You know, Max, who we had on the NBA podcast not too long ago, the oh, one that did the analytics it. for the Warriors. He got his ring in the mail not too long ago. Wow! And he was flashing that heavy to I'm me sure. on Snapchat. I wasn't feeling too confident <laughs> I mean, about myself looking at his. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "What do I have to show you?" I can like send. I was looking around me in my room. I was like, "What can I send him right now that would be somewhat equivalent to this championship Nothing. ring that he sent me?" And <laughs> I was like, "What?" I wanted to send a selfie, so that's what <laughs> so that's what I did. But we'll move on to yeah, the ESPYS, the Jimmy V Award was presented to Jim Kelly. Just an awesome story, former Bills quarterback, probably the best quarterback in their entire franchise. But yeah, dealing with cancer and just a really tough. But he's uh, he's had a really long recovery, definitely. But yeah, he uh, he got diagnosed with it a while ago, and then he recovered from it. And I believe he was re-diagnosed, but he's been fighting that i mean it's cancer sucks and we got some other stuff to talk about with the cancer stuff with the uh giants dave gettleman um announcing that 
he is going to begin treatment for lymphoma and the Texan safety, Andre Hall having, I believe it was Hodgkin's lymphoma for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma for Andre Hall. Cancer, it sucks and it sucks that it's just part of life right now. Uh, The Jimmy V Foundation is one of many organizations that tries to um, create funding to try and battle this disease and hopefully at some point in the not too distant future we won't be accepting cancer. Cancer is just a way of life anymore. I know all three of us have been affected by cancer in some way, shape, or form throughout our lives. And just hopefully moving forward, we find a cure for this somewhat soon and don't have to deal with it anymore. Jim Kelly was discharged from the hospital uh, in late April after jaw surgery to remove cancer. It was a successful surgery. So he's looking really good in regards to his progress. And like Corbin said, Cancer's awful and being affected by it sucks. My dad uh, went through it twice and is in remission. He's totally okay now and he's still going and getting immunity boosts for himself. And of course, knock on wood that he never, you know, gets anything like that or I never wish that on anyone because it's so tough for, for that person and the people around them. But he survived both times and he's the happiest person, keeps it so if anyone's affected by it right now or if anyone's ever been affected by it, it's going to be okay. Keep your head up and make sure that person's staying strong because it's 100% possible to be my dad's done it twice and it's easy if uh, you keep the right attitude and you're there and you got the right yeah. good supporting staff so definitely good news for Jim Kelly and I'm so happy to see the Jimmy V award still being so important in sports yeah. at the ESPYs and so, Giants GM Dave Get- David Gettleman with the lymphoma that's awful as well Andre uh, Hall, it's just oh, and Texan safety Andre I mean we've Hall, seen so I mean Andre Hall Obviously, it's going to affect him the most. Obviously, Giants GM, like, yes, it's going to take away from his ability to focus on his job as much. But Andre Hall, I mean, he needs, yeah, he needs to be able to physically perform, and it's going to take so much away from him. And it's not to say that he can't come back. We saw Eric Berry, who was a tremendous recovery story with him coming back from cancer that he had just, what was it, two, three years ago. Yeah. And up until he ruptured his Achilles this year, he was back to being one of the best safeties in the NFL. And it was so good to see. So right. hopefully Andre Hall is able to get through this as best as he can and come back and make a full recovery. Do you guys have yeah, anything the, uh, to add? The, sta- the statement from Andre Hall when this news dropped, he said, quote, my faith in God and support from my family, friends, teammates, and coaches will see me through this difficult time. I will not let this diagnosis stop me from fulfilling my dreams. I do not want anyone to feel sorry for me. I know how to beat this, and I will beat this. So determined guy, and he wants to get back to football. I wish nothing but a speedy recovery for him. And yeah. for all, if all anyone's going to beat it, it's going to be guys like that. Yeah, too. guys like that. Dealt with the, adversity their entire life. Exactly. Have that right Man. attitude. It's, it's awesome yeah. to see. Uh, so we'll move on from – it's been a – Pretty tough podcast with, of course, health, well, you know, Dwight, Dwight Clark, Kellen yeah. Winslow, and all of these of, news for the cancer and everything. A lot of tough stuff to of tough stuff. talk about for different reasons. But let's uh, let's bring up a little bit more Eagles news. We were just talking about their Super Bowl victory. Someone who didn't get the chance to play in that Super Bowl, Carson Wentz, had pretty much an MVP season last year, the closest you can get before going down, and didn't get the chance to lead his team in a playoff run. Nick Foles, of course, did his did his part and won them that Super Bowl. But Chris Mortensen said the more he's looking at Carson Wentz now, he believes he'll be ready for the opener. That's amazing news for Eagles fans. It leaves them in a bit of a dilemma, though. I know you start Carson Wentz if you're me. 
But you got Nick Foles there, you got to put some respect on his name now. And he has yeah. to have some sort of part in this offense, or at least an attempt mm-hmm. to earn this starting job while Carson Wentz gets stronger and gets back True. to the playbook, even if that's until week three. But do you think Nick Foles should be the guy starting for them on week one? Because this is Mortensen saying, I believe you know, Wentz is going to be ready. It hasn't been said by any official doctor any or the Philadelphia statement in any capacity. Or sorry, Philadelphia Eagles in any capacity. If the trainer clears him, then yeah, why not? If there's any kind of hesitation, yeah. though, then yeah, start Nick Foles. Because yeah. you know what you got with Nick Foles. He won you a Super Bowl, so you feel safe. They just gave him a contract extension. We talked about that a couple yeah. of podcasts ago. So you still have him. And if you have any inclination that Carson Wentz is not at 100%, then you feel safe with Foles. So yeah, any... Any, they're fine. They're rich. Any hesitation at all, just don't. Why risk it? You know what you have no, in Nick they, Foles. You know that you can win with Nick Foles as your quarterback. And I don't think it was a contract extension. I believe it was just another he was year. signed for, I think, just this year or the next two years. And they didn't add any years to it. They just gave him extra money. It was them just taking care of their players. And um, it was a great move by them just showing how much they care about their players. And look, if you produce for us, we're going to take care of you. Because they didn't have to do that. He was still under contract. Just a show of faith and really thanking him for what he did for them once Wentz went down. This is a problem that is not a bad problem to have, having a quarterback no. yeah. that almost could have won the MVP last year and then having one that led you to the Super Bowl and has proven himself with statistics throughout his MVP. career. Yeah, their yeah, coverage is the Super Bowl MVP. So at this point, levels. either way they want to go, they're coming out the gates as the clear favorite, probably betting-wise and everything, for the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not 100% sure when it comes to the spread right now for next year's Super Bowl. I yeah, would say I, they have to be within the top three being the yeah, trending. And not I, really I wouldn't say they're probably the favorites, but I don't think that they are the they, overwhelming I don't, favorites. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think so at all. I'm just saying when it comes right to Well, even the NFC, spread. you got the Rams, the Saints to a lesser degree. As long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, you have the Packers. I, I think the Chargers, too, could be a really good yeah, team. I think that they could as well. Let's talk Andrew Luck, also another yeah. quarterback so that needs to be playing football again. He's throwing footballs. What do, you guys, what do you guys think? They're smaller footballs yeah. right now. But um, they are start. Yeah. He hasn't thrown in what the year last uh, October? Oh, yeah, because yeah, they, they, they cleared since him to come NAM. He yeah. hasn't yeah. thrown since NAM. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he. Uh, it's good that he's getting this done, working uh, – because he said there's a lot of bruising right now because he hasn't thrown in that long time. Yeah. So. He's also throwing slightly sidearm, and he's he's admitting that he's not actually able to throw completely over the top yet. Uh-huh. But it is dropped a bit. It's but he did throw. I think it was anywhere from twenty to thirty passes in that. We only saw one or two put yeah. out on Twitter and released probably on SportsCenter and everything like that. But mm-hmm. there just, was a series of about twenty or thirty. It's passes. good for. It's just good to hear that he's finally starting to because. Nobody really knew what was going on with his shoulder. It was such a strange thing. Very where Kawhi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But just for him to start actually making some real steps back to throwing a normal size football, because talking about teams that are in contention, I don't think that if he's fully healthy, the Colts are in contention. But this is a team that just a few years ago, no. they were on the cusp of making the Super Bowl going up against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Their, they got their destroyed and that was part of the Their division game. looks good yeah. right now. If anything, they're... No, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're going to contend, no, totally. but he's, you need him at quarterback if you have any chance to, yeah, and he's totally. one of those quarterbacks that can elevate your team, even if it's a bad team, to still be at the very least a playoff contender. So it's really good news, obviously, for the Colts and their fans, too, and I just want to see him get back because he hasn't been healthy in, I think, the past two years, um, and people start to forget how good of a quarterback he is. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's talk 
let's talk Patriots. When we're talking great, great quarterbacks, it automatically you would go to Tom Brady and the Patriots. Let's talk about what's going on with them and Bill Belichick. And I know I was actually watching the herd and was hearing different reports, as well as what Christian was saying about what's going on there and what the fact that he doesn't have a lot of guys there left and he might not be in the spot that everyone thinks he is. And this is something that Christian reported episode one for us. One of the first things that he said off the bat when this wasn't a thing is that the Patriots have some back-of-the-house issues, and Christian knew about these. So what do you think now about what's going on? I know you can fill in with the news that's been going on this week with their... So yeah, uh, they had a a week of OTAs, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, He completely canceled uh, Thursday and Friday. Thursday, he took them to the the Red Sox. They were out of town. They took them to Fenway Park, and they played uh, Cornhole. Um, Gronk was not in attendance because he is sitting out with Tom Brady. They're probably getting lunch somewhere. That was probably the one OTA that he wanted to right, the actually one, the be one at, year the one that got canceled working. for Cornell. And, the, <laughs> and then on Friday, he had done some uh, history of football where they watched game clips from like the 30s and the 40s, which is better than practice, but I bet some of those guys probably just wanted to go home. And he also, on Monday and Tuesday, had cut down the practice time significantly. So Bill Belichick is like that dad... Uh, Right when he gets divorced, he's just trying to buy his kids love. He's just like <laughs> ungrounding them and buying them all these things. Because he doesn't have Matt Patricia there. There's all the problems with Kraft. He, Tom Brady's and also Tom Well, Brady, speaking of Tom Brady, though, wrong. so you're talking about the interesting dynamic between him and Bill Belichick. This I just got from Bleacher Report a minute ago saying, Brady considering retirement. Brady thinks about retirement, quote, more now than ever to spend time with kids. It's coming sooner rather than later. That was, that was literally a minute ago. Oh, wow. yeah, would you like to have Jimmy Garoppolo on your team when <laughs> yes. you have statements like that coming out? I think or he's definitely. But Brady's definitely playing this year. I don't think he's. Yeah, really but Brady's. okay. But after this year, I think it says it's coming sooner than you think. So that could be next I, season, the year after. But it's not this season. If he takes an Aaron Donald size load to the face, he's going to reconsider <laughs> how many more times he really wants to do this. It's just weird how it's changed because you think about. Not too long ago, he was talking about how he felt like he could play for quite a few more years, but now... That shows you how the relationship has disintegrated. Yeah, quickly, too. See, I don't like this, the whole taking him out to the movies and all that stuff. I like this for any other team but the Patriots, like what Christian said. Belichick is known... The Patriots, it's the Patriots effect. If you want to take a smaller contract and go be part of something great and go... Be part of something more disciplined that you've been a part of. You go there, and at He's this never point, I think the N- before like I, yeah, I think the NBA is like the Warriors now. You're going to take something less to go be a part like of something. Trevor Ariza, it's, go a, the Warriors it's the same thing. But at this point, yeah. you go there not because oh, it's just you do whatever you want there. It's New England. We win. Mm. We just don't. No, it's we don't care. It's very strict, and you can tell with their post game interviews and everything like that with Belichick. It's super serious, and they don't reveal a lot of their emotions or their game plan or anything like that. They don't wear their heart on their sleeve. This is the Patriot way. And now it's, they're going to the movies, they're going to family, and this is cool stuff. Trust me, if you're a player, this is, they're loving this right now. It's completely different. And as a fan, it's cool to hear that because if I heard my favorite team doing this, if I'm not a Patriots fan, I'm actually kind of happy that the players are maybe, you know, building this sort of team camaraderie and actually yeah. having fun it's with just, this. It's just and, OTAs. They're, they're, they and they're probably at a level to the, like, they're doing so well that the coaches believe they can take a few days off yeah. of OTA. But this is the Patriots, and I like that Belichick keeps it strict mm-hmm. and that you don't know what he's going to do next. The players there, they don't know if they're going to be playing that week. Running backs there, if they fumble the ball one time, they could get cut. 
Like it doesn't matter the rapport that you have with that team or whatever. You have to. I'm sure that if you're late to a practice, you're getting sent home, and you probably Especially won't play that week. Drafted. Exactly. Let alone yeah. skipping OTAs and going to these. So for any other team, I think this is super fun for Belichick. I think just like you said, with the he's the divorced dad that's trying to win his kids over. I think that's funny because with Patricia leaving and him having to beg, right. you know, McDaniel's and pull him back from the Colts clinch but at this point it's we all agreed i think mcdaniels has taken over for yeah. for him but that's the only guy he's got left in the building you know belichick and Kraft don't have a good relationship the players Brady are starting all over the place like at this point the only guy he's got left is the guy he brought back and he's not going anywhere now because mcdaniels screwed up a lot of his he has nowhere else to go he's nowhere else to go <laughs> he's yeah. screwed up his chances i just don't like that Belichick is changing his ways this late in his career, the way he does it. He's one of the best coaches of all time, and he keeps it. He's very Alabama, Nick Saban, and like this. And there's there's just certain ways to do this when you're that, that kind of dynasty and that sort of franchise. And I think he's starting to change and get a little softer towards the end of his career. I don't think it's going to help the team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. I don't think it's a huge deal either way, but let's... Oh, They're kind of pointless. I mean, I'm not going to say that you don't learn anything. It's definitely more important for people like the Browns that need to see Baker Mayfield throw the football, but I'm not going to lie to you. OTAs, they're not the most, like... And I know a few teams have actually taken the approach of letting their veterans sit out a little bit and having more younger players take a more active approach in OTA so yeah, that they have more training, chance. training camps coming in, what, like two weeks? I like that. I, I'm actually not 100% sure what team that was uh, throughout the last few days of me reporting all this stuff. But I remember there was there was one team that was specifically focusing on young player development and letting that the, letting the veterans have this time off. And I thought that was actually a really good idea. If you feel confident. Was it the Chargers? I think it was the Jets. I, I, I don't want to say it for sure. But I think it's just a team that feels confident enough in their veterans mm-hmm. to where they're you know, take a few days off and we're going to actually really go in on these young guys because they might need a little bit more help than obviously you guys do. So I love the approach that they're taking with OTAs. And let's bring up really quick how many holdouts there have been. There has been more than usual this year. I believe there's six going on, a major holdouts, not just minor, but like a big players like Aaron Donald, Donald, Earl Thomas, Taylor Luan from from the 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 Titans. Titans. So there's definitely big names that aren't, there right now and looking for new contracts of course but i think is this alarming to you guys because it is it's, more it is more than past we see year. i think i'm oh, sorry i think they see what's going on in the nba and how much freedom they have like in their contracts and you know the nfl is more rigid and they're trying to do their part and trying to strong arm their will against the the owners to get their money that guaranteed money is not there as much no. for NFL and there's just players. not as much money per if you're a really good nba if, granted there's five guys on the floor but those guys are making, you know, NFL not for long, NBA never going broke again. So there's a reason why they have those acronyms for those. Alan Iverson didn't get that memo though. Well, I think he still has a big payday. Walker with, didn't uh, get that memo. He's a financial advisor now for players to who? Antoine Walker. Oh yeah. He's actually a financial advisor for players to specifically advise them not to go broke after their career because he did, <laughs> yeah, and then he figured out a way back. So. But you're right. It's the NFL obviously takes such a toll on players, and there yeah. is such a higher chance of injury that especially Aaron Donald. He's making there. I think under a million dollars last year. It's which just is base salary. I and think it's a little more than that, but yeah, he's worth so much. Just yeah, a lot of holdouts, so and like you said, Christian, it seems man. like OTAs aren't too important this year. It seems no. like they're almost downplayed more this year. Sometimes than you past. can actually injure yourself going out there and trying. And a lot to of these hard. players that are looking to earn a new contract, the last thing they want to do right now is hurt themselves. Yeah, I think Dante Fowler, the year that he was drafted number four, like tore his ACL just in some... Yeah. He was just getting okay. off yeah, the ball. Exactly. I think it was 
drafted number three. Yeah, and it's either rookie mini Speaking of Fowler, yeah. the team actually just denied his yeah. option for his year, and he put out a quote yesterday saying that, you know, he's got tape, he's got a lot of good football in there. No, he that, says he wants to put know, a lot of good film, wants to put a lot of good plays on film this year because he hasn't really right. performed that well. So he, But he's well, definitely also, confident in himself. It's so. also tough for him because that Jaguars defensive line, you got Death. Calais Campbell, uh, Jackson, I'm blanking out on his first name, um, and uh, Yannick Ndokwe as the... So, Dante, a lot of yeah, Dante Fowler was supposed to be the opposite end on Calais Campbell, but then Yannick Ngakwe had an incredible year, so Fowler's kind of... He's still in the rotation, but he's not an every-down defensive mm-hmm. end, so it's just tough for him to get the exposure, because I do think he's still a good he's player. Good. I, just, yeah. I just have this gut feeling that Fowler will be playing for the Jets next year. I can see that. Yeah, could see that. So let's move on to our last subject we want to talk about. So on Twitter, when was it? I think five, six days ago, we had some different polls for you guys. Oh just Lord. something to start up some different conversations. So we'll go through each of the polls. If we agree with them, great. If there's something to discuss, then we'll talk about it for a minute or two. So yeah. first off, it was who is the best quarterback in the NFC West? 70% of you guys said Russell Wilson. Do either of you guys... Disagree, or is let's, there a case to be made for yeah, so? Right. Yeah, so Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, and Sam Bradford. Uh, Russell Wilson had seventy percent of the votes. Jimmy Garoppolo twenty five percent. Goff got five percent, and Bradford zero percent. You guys disagree with that? I'm just I'm just happy that Bradford got zero percent. Yeah, me yeah. too. They, <laughs> but Russ, Russell Wilson, I, you, Christian knows how high yeah. I am on Russell Wilson. Yeah, I kind of talked a little bit of crap about him uh, fantasy last yeah, year. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew it. I knew he was <laughs> going to be amazing. Dropped a 40 bomb on he, me. So. Maybe not this year. But, yeah, he is, he's doing – he's definitely got – With a shoddy offensive line, like that's, that's like LeBron in Cleveland. I'm just glad know? to see you guys – not give any votes to Sam Bradford. That's yeah. it. But Jimmy Garoppolo, twenty five percent. You know, after a year this year, it's who a knows? Hype. I, yeah, I think it's more expectation than what he's yeah. shown. But yeah, we'll see. So next up, who is the best quarterback in the AFC West? Philip Rivers won with sixty one percent of the vote. Derek Carr second with twenty six percent. Case Keenum nine percent, and Patrick Mahomes four percent. Do you guys disagree with that at all? That four percent on Patrick Mahomes is very generous. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen him. He played like what four? You know that was a misclick. You know someone's like, "Damn it, I impressed." Mahomes. No, that is not a misclick. That is someone who plays with him on Madden. It's probably Carter, my old neighbor. You just picked him. So yeah, Philip Rivers. Yeah, I know he's definitely the best in that division. Derek Carr coming out. I think there's a case to be made for Derek Carr. There's not after last year, but if he puts yeah, together a half the season that he put a couple years ago this year, then there definitely is a case, but. After last year, and actually, Philip Rivers has been in the top five of passing yards for. I'm excited a for the Chargers. Time. I think they'll be a sneaky good team. I I, yeah. I think the Chargers. It's are too be bad fun. Hunter Henry going out with the torn ACL, but yeah. they've talked about Bring the Chargers. The Chargers even said they've Bring reached back. out to him, so we'll see Bring what back. happens with that. It's it's almost too perfect not to do. It's yeah. such a Cinderella story. Like you don't do this. Yeah, so let's, Cinderella's an old man. Let's move on to the best quarterback in the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers, shockingly, I Best know, won with NFL. 83%. Oh, my God. Mitch Trubisky came in second with 17%, and then Get Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins both at 0%. So the people that clicked Matt or okay. Mitch Trubisky, they either these aren't accidentally did yeah. or they were just, these they were just, these they were just trying to This is 17% of the votes here. So these aren't, and nobody else got <laughs> Matthew Stafford didn't get anything, Kirk Cousins didn't get anything. But yeah, Mitch Trubisky, Trubisky is the worst of the 17%. Oh, who and is clicking? Away from he had an okay rookie yeah. season. There has to be some strong Bears Twitter on 
on NFL and rap, someone had to have retweeted that and told all their friends to go vote for Mitch Trubinsky because there's absolutely no way that Stafford gets zero, Cousins gets zero, and Trubinsky gets seventeen percent of the. I think they did this just to annoy you, and clearly, clearly it works. He's only started outside of high school for. This is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. Eighty-three percent. You see Aaron Rodgers and Mitch Trubinsky on the same list. You laugh that they're even on the same list, let alone vote for Trubinsky. You should just put Aaron Rodgers in that man. Okay, so let's move on to best quarterback in the AFC North. So Ben Roethlisberger won that seventy-four percent. Tyrod Taylor from the Browns comes in second at sixteen percent. Joe Flacco with eight percent, and Andy Dalton with two percent. You guys have. I'm pretty sure Christian like misclicked Joe Flacco. Oh, so. I did. I 100% <laughs> Joe Flacco. Okay, so, so, so Flacco. So you say Roethlisberger? Right? 100%. Okay. No, I, no, I, I said Roethlisberger too. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Tyrod Taylor, the fact that he got 16%, I I kind of like that. I like Tyrod Taylor. I think he's so I intriguing. I really hope he does well this year. I definitely would take Tyrod Taylor over Flacco but and the, Dalton. People are voting for yeah. the best. It's not like oh, yeah. first, second, third, yeah, fourth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ben Roethlisberger for sure. Okay, so let's move on to the best quarterback in the NFC South, which I think this is the best division for quarterbacks, which we'll get to in a second. But best quarterback in the NFC South, Drew Brees won with 82%. Matt Ryan came in second with 12%. Cam Newton, 6%. And Jameis Winston, 0%. I This is close, but I would agree. I'd go with Drew Brees. It's not surprising to me that 82% said Drew Brees just because we have so many... New Orleans Get listeners. Drew Brees, no, not, guys, not even a question. Drew Brees is the best quarterback. Okay. But on, if I had to build a list. franchise, I'd take Cam Newton. Okay, well, we're talking strictly from a statistical Okay, yeah, but we're just talking like best. But, that's right now. but yeah. Corbin, you're right with the fact that the four of these quarterbacks probably overall-wise are the most talented group. But Drew Brees, yeah. no doubt about it. Even though we have such a strong New Orleans fan base, and I appreciate you guys, still it's no doubt about it. Okay, so let's move on to best quarterback in the AFC South. Marcus Mariota won that with 56%. Deshaun Watson, second, with 26%. Andrew Luck, 13%. And Blake Bortles, 5%. This was one I actually have some words for. And we got a lot of comments, a lot of retweets, a lot of votes on this one. Titans Twitter, you came in strong. I saw, to be honest, in the beginning of this, Deshaun Watson was winning. Andrew Luck even had an intriguing amount of votes in the beginning. And then Titans Twitter took this over. <laughs> Five or six of you guys retweeted it. You were all over it. Next thing you know, Marcus Mariota was winning by a ton. Clearly, you guys believe in your guy. It's all Titans Twitter on this one. Did he throw 13 touchdowns to 15 interceptions? He does so. have the <laughs> he does have the running aspect to him as well. And I do think Marcus so Mariota is a very Watson. good quarterback. But let's talk best quarterback in this division. You just said Deshaun Watson. There is no doubt about right now that Deshaun Watson is the most talented quarterback. I think. I think it's just Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Again, we forget about yeah. We, we forget do. about how good he is. We but. do. He the fact that Bortles got five percent again. Yeah. Who is voting for got, Bortles? Got That's be, a misclick. Got to be misclick. But thank you for listening. Got to be misclick. Yeah, whoever. <laughs> please, yeah, Bortles is just trash. So Deshaun Watson, I think he's my winner, but. Titans Twitter, you guys took this one over. Marcus Mariota won. Actually moved on to our – we did this in like a tournament style where we were going to tell you guys the final votes for our quarterbacks. Yeah. But the fact that Mariota made it in that list just shows how strong you guys believe in him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. I think you, he's the third best. Third best. But, okay, so who's the best quarterback in the NFC East? We got Carson Wentz winning up 69%. Dak Prescott coming in second, 17%. Eli Manning, 14%. And Alex Smith, 0%. I'm, you guys have no problem with that, right? Yeah, I, I voted for Wentz. Yeah. I think it's Wentz. I, the fact that Dak and Eli both have 
small amount of votes behind him is just it makes sense. But Alex Smith getting zero votes. Thank you guys for not misclicking and for being knowledgeable. How can you put Eli Manning over Carson? It's, I mean, those, those giant. No, too, you have to. You're gonna yeah. think about those giant. Uh, loyals, those that's it. Like so. it's at that point they loyalists. Sorry, yeah. he's, he's won. He's won Super Bowls. He's a quarterback that is clearly doubted now. But when you look at his career, if you're gonna look at it like that, you might click him. But best okay. talent right now, there's no doubt. It's and then best quarterback in the AFC East. Tom Brady only got 83 percent. Josh McCown got 12 percent of the votes. AJ McCarron two percent, and Ryan Tannehill three percent. Are you? Is Ryan Tannehill even going to play next year? Like, what's up? AJ McCarron got two percent, and as Christian and I read, the, Christian and I read yesterday, he's not even taking first team snaps right now. No, it's they're actually, sharing. They're sharing, but it's more Petterman. Okay, so someone Petterman's their so, off season standout. Right someone now. voted for not even someone him. who was a backup quarterback last last year, and now moved up to sharing half he's of the first team snaps. Signed a tiny contract. It's not like they over over Tom, Tom Brady. Not even. We don't even need to talk missed, about it. It's Tom Brady. Yeah, for Josh sure. McCown. So Josh McCown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, which division has the weakest starting quarterback group in the NFC? So the NFC East won this with 47%. You got the NFC South and NFC West both getting 19%, and then the NFC North at 15%. What do you guys think about that one? So the NFC East, you got Carson Wentz, Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, and... Uh, who was the? Oh yeah, um, Alex NCAA's. Smith. Yeah, you think Alex Smith. The weakest. Um, yeah, uh, definitely the NFC South is out of it. I could, or yeah, NFC South, NFC North. You could maybe. I think NFC East. Carson Wentz makes it tough, but I'd I'd still probably agree with that. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, as a Cowboys fan, I hate to say it, but it's really close between the NFC North because Rodgers is amazing, of course, but, but Stafford, yeah. Cousins, Strabinski, they're they're good, but I don't know. I'm going to have to give it to them. Well, because I think like NFC North, Aaron Rodgers, Wentz is a great quarterback, but Rodgers is better than him. And then you look at the other three quarterbacks in that division, I think that the NFC East is objectively worse than the NFC North, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so let's move on to which division has the weakest starting quarterback group in the AFC. So the AFC North won that one with 36%. AFC South came in second at 29%. AFC East, 28%. And the AFC West at 7%. So the AFC North has Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, and Tyrod Taylor. What do you guys think about that? Do you think our fans make the, the right AFC, decision? Uh, I'm going to have to say AFC South. Andrew Luck, Marcus Mariota, Deshaun Watson, Blake Bortles. And I know Watson's amazing. He's coming off injury, and he only played so much last year. Andrew Luck coming off injury. He's starting to throw smaller football sideways. And Marcus Mariota, just like you guys said, he might have won this poll, but he's definitely not the best in this division. And Blake Bortles is awful so for me this isn't the most overwhelming group and i'm not gonna knock them too hard but in saying that every other division the afc has slightly stronger group oh i actually think it might be the uh afc east obviously you got brady in it but the rest you got josh mccown who's okay and then you have aj mccarron or josh allen whoever you want to Pick and Ryan Tannehill. Petterman at this point too. He's been in the offseason standout. Yeah, I would not Petterman. be surprised, guys. Okay, if you're a Bills fan, if Nathan Petterman is your starting quarterback in Week One, and you guys figure it out, obviously by Week Two, Week Three, Week Four, you guys will shift in whoever you want. But don't be surprised if Petterman literally takes the helm. I, I don't. Regardless, you I don't trade up. So. Well, 
So, I'm but what do you think, so? Christian? What do you think? Do you think the AFC North has the weakest quarterback group? I'll be honest to God with you, Corbin. I do not know what division any team is in. <laughs> I just like followed the list when I did this, okay. and I've followed football forever. I honestly okay. clicked that random when I did it. Okay, <laughs> so we will not get your take on this then. So <laughs> let's move to which division has the strongest starting quarterback group in the NFC. And Perry, I'll be talking to you about this one. So NFC South won that one with 71%. NFC North and NFC West both had 14%, and the NFC East had 1%. You think that's the right decision? Yeah, yeah I think so too. I mean, NFC South, you got Breeze, who's Super Bowl MVP, former Super Bowl MVP. You got Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, who are both former regular season MVPs. And then Jameis Winston, who had a disappointing year last year, but still is a talented quarterback. I know we uh, actually had a few people on Twitter commenting, supporting Cam Newton for the strongest in that division, saying didn't he almost win the MVP this last year or something like that? No, he won the MVP. I think they were trying to... three years ago. It was three years ago, but I think they were trying to chime on the fact that he could have won it, like, Two years ago, and no, they were trying to make a case for him to have won it last year. Last year, yeah, yeah. and I don't. I love Cam Newton to be honest because he's so fun to watch, and he's got that aspect of running to him that a lot of quarterbacks don't have. And he's such a powerful person. But this group, and guess why they're the clear winner for this exact poll? But there's so much talent in this group. But Drew Brees not even. Didn't the Saints three piece the Panthers this year? They beat them three yeah, times. They yeah. Did. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. That pretty much ends that discussion. So let's move on to which division has the strongest starting quarterback group in the AFC. So we have the AFC South winning that with 50%. We have AFC West coming in second at 25%. AFC North at 16%. And the AFC East at 9%. The AFC South yeah, the AFC strongest South. So I know you had said I that said that the was weakest. the weakest. Absolutely not. You guys are out I, of your mind. I don't know. I think the NFC has better quarterbacks in it overall. They do. AFC, each division, it wasn't... I think each division, like AFC South versus NFC South, I think the NFC would win each one of those divisions. Um, it's It's, it's got to be the AFC West with Derek Carr, Phillip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, and Case Keenum. I don't know. I mean... Because it's the most consistent throughout for me, and there's no injury problems. Well, Patrick Mahomes is... Case Keenum's coming off a very, great year. Yeah, the Patrick unknown. Patrick Mahomes is unknown, but Case Keenum's coming off a and great Blake, year. Blake Bortles Phillip Rivers... And awful. Derek Carr, and I'm not. And that's mainly a knock on the AFC as a whole that there isn't a lot of strong quarterback group in the AFC. Because even with the AFC North with Ben Roethlisberger, Flacco, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, I think Andy Dalton's awful. It could be them, but regardless, it's definitely not the AFC South. So you guys have that completely wrong. Uh, I don't know. I think it's close. We'll see. I'd uh, I'd probably. Oh, you could go with the AFC North just because you got Roethlisberger and Flacco as the formal, former Super Bowl MVP. I guess I'll agree with you and say AFC Yeah, Tyrod West, Taylor's look he went to, but AFC yeah. North would be close. All right, let's move on to Tell the last two Twitter polls <laughs> before we get out of here. So who is the best quarterback in the NFC? So for this, we just did whoever won each one of these polls for each division, yeah, match them up. Yeah, so best quarterback in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers wins this with 68% of the votes. Carson Wentz came in second with 14%. Drew Brees third at 11%. Russell Wilson with 7%. No complaints there, right? Aaron Rodgers wins that for yeah. sure. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I I'll would say agree with that too. And we'll have, so we have the best quarterback in the AFC. Brady won that. Um, we'll have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady facing off soon for who's the best quarterback in the NFL. But best quarterback in the AFC, like I said, Brady won at the 74% of the votes. Roethlisberger and Marcus Mariota 
tied for second with 11%, and then Philip Rivers came in fourth at 4%. Again, no complaints Tom from Brady me. Tom for yeah. sure. Yeah. Marcus Mariota. Yeah. yeah. Marcus Mariota for sure. <laughs> Nick Foles. <laughs> All right, well, with that, that's pretty much all we have for you guys today. So thank you guys for listening to this one. Again, I know it's kind of a slow time for the NFL right now with OTAs wrapping up, mini cap, mini camps ramp, wrapping up. Wow, I cannot speak. It's so good, Corbin. I cannot speak I'll finish right this now. Up, yeah, man. thank you. Just t- honestly a tough podcast to go through when it came to the awful news that we've had to report this podcast. But a lot of fun stuff to say also off season has been super fun but please go and listen to us on the soundcloud app if you're not on there go to apple podcast app and please if you're on there rate us five star leave us a review we really appreciate your guys's input if you're on twitter please follow us at nfl unwrap you can follow me on twitter at perry aston you can follow corbin on twitter at corbin mrpk and you can follow christian on twitter at mcgowan 75 any last words for them today guys Thank you guys for listening to NFL Unwrap, where we unwrap the hottest takes around the NFL. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys tune in again next time. Yeah. Excited for training camp? And if you guys can't sleep at night for your favorite players sitting out, take some NyQuil. Have a good one, guys.